0: The athletic. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like.
1: Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say!
0: Brilliant! Jeez. He's round the goalkeeper, he's done it!
2: Absolutely incredible! He launched himself six feet into the crowd and who was I oh, without a shadow of an out giving him lip? Oh, I say, it's amazing.
0: He it does it tame and tame and tame again. Crank up the music, charge a glass. This nation is going to dance all night. A penny
3: for Harry Kane's thoughts, but nowhere to spend it. Peter Drury corners the opening day monologue market. A twinkle in the hard drive of the fixture computer. Who can and cannot be welcomed to the Premier League? Newsreader Hugh Edwards turns himself into a transfer rumour and a truly mountainous task for one Prem-obsessed Twitter account. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés. Right now you can subscribe to The Athletic for just £3.49 a month. That's 30% off the full price of a subscription. You'll enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, as well as ad-free versions of all of our podcasts. So go to theathletic.com forward slash cliches pod to take advantage of this special discount. That's theathletic.com forward slash cliches pod. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 86 of the Football Clichés Podcast. I'm Adam Hurry and with me first of all is Charlie Eccleshare, who was at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Sunday afternoon, alongside apparently... Harry Kane. Was he there?
1: Look, you, you hear conflicting reports. There were a lot of jokes going around that he could be spotted in the city end, etc, etc. Mm, very um, good. Yeah, I don't really know. I Like, it's, um, it's it's a bit of a weird one. He certainly wasn't... He didn't travel with the squad. And afterwards, Nuno was asked about it and said that unlike Hill and Romero, they, they were named in the squad despite fitness concerns and in Hill's case just coming back from the Olympics because... He really wanted them to kind of experience the stadium and all of that sort of thing. <laughs> right. And almost, he seems to be saying, like, you know, get to know the processes. Welcome like, you to know, the like, Premier League. Yeah. yeah, but also, like, in the way that if you start a new job, it's like, it's just, you know, come into the office, we'll show you around, show you the fire exits, that kind yeah. of thing. So <laughs> I think it was more admin based than anything else, though uh, Romero did come on for the last couple of minutes. The thing about Whereas, Kane is,
3: though, if he was there, where was he? Because, I mean, the first image I had in my head is he was sort of Laurie Sanchez-style watching the game on a tiny telly in the bowels of the stadium. (laughs) Uh, Where would he have been? Why bother turning up if you're not going to be visible?
1: Or just in disguise, um, in amongst the fans, kind of gauging... Fan sentiment. Like, what do we think? What do we think of Kane, guys?
3: Um, I had a I had a penny ready for his thoughts and everything, but I just couldn't see him. He wasn't, was really annoying. <laughs> he
2: wasn't there. Um. forgive me, Adam, for interjecting before you formally introduced me to this podcast. But Hello, I think Dan the Walter. I think the audience will, will, will get it. I think Sky should have gone the whole hog here, and they should have had Jeff of popping up at various points in the stadium, just like going into the hospitality suite. Is he in here? <laughs> or going into the dressing room. though well, we can't find him here. Just oh, he's, maybe he's in the loos having a look in the toilets, and like looking under the cubicle to see if there's anyone in there that sounds like, more like a job for patrick Davison. he's more in, yeah, yeah. more of a gumshoe than shreedy maybe they were scarred from when who was it was it patrick Davison or who, who was it who was the bloke who did it at huddersfield and went up, <laughs> yeah, went up that to the wrong patrick, manager in the that crowd pat
3: d definitely <laughs> oh that must have been crushing getting the wrong guy in the crowd what conversation that must have been anyway but yes yes welcome indeed david walker interjecting there now um uh, word reaches me, Dave, that this weekend you participated in the most 2016 form of football
1: imaginable.
2: I hadn't thought of it like that until you <laughs> until you wrote that on the running order. But yeah, I played bubble football this
1: weekend on, <laughs> on a stag do. Where were you playing? Because, funnily enough, I was playing regular. Power League and on I
2: was going to say I was playing regular bubble football Yeah,
1: <laughs> Missing, <laughs> I miss
2: the week to week buzz of bubble just football just definitely. playing all,
1: yeah, just the, the regular season bubble football it's great to have it back and it's like, it's like rugby. you well. need, need
2: four days recovery after it I think I do feel like I've been run over it's well, ludicrous
1: yeah, we we played the Shoreditch Power League and there was a bubble game going on next mm. to us I was like oh that re- yeah that does really take me back Funny, it's funny you said it because the only time I've done it was actually in 2016 <laughs> on yes
3: staff, <laughs> what are the chances
1: what are the chances Chances. Is it the same as Zorb football?
2: It's the same thing, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, a big go. inflatable
2: thing, and yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. don't play football. It's the opposite of football, really. It's the only time that I'm happy to be the player that does not want <laughs> the ball. Don't want <laughs>
3: you don't want it! You don't want it!
2: How long does the novelty take to wear off? Yeah, about the first... You usually get split up into, like, games, like, different, mm. different little mini games and like the after the first one everyone's knackered and hurting but the bloke the organizer needs to earn his money so he's getting it dragging everyone up picking them up off the field to go again
1: I, it's <laughs> somewhat, I i'd say if like five-a-side football is really really fun and powerly and um paintballing is like the worst thing on earth i'd yeah. say it's somewhere in between yeah that's about right because yeah, there that is that it. same as dave says there is that element like with paintballing but not the same stream you've got a sort of sadistic instructor who's you know wants everyone to really not enjoy themselves that's what Um, you
3: need that's what you need on a stag do though isn't it dave you need someone to stop you being deflated (laughs) at bubble football we start in the most logical place of all um after the opening weekend of the premier league so good to be back so good to have the fans back as you said charlie there were so many there were so many poems and spoken word montages (laughs) flying about this weekend you couldn't move for someone sort of um, ham-fistedly ramming some footballing sentiment at you in in a vague order. But rising to the top of all that was the cream that is Peter Drury on the Premier League's world feed. I want you to listen to this in its entirety, 90-second entirety, Dave and Charlie, but I want you to pick out what you think is the most Drury little bit of it.
0: Do you remember how it was before? Do you still see it? In your mind's eye, do you still take that route to the ground, smell that pie, pass that pub? Do you still feel your place? Do you still hear your people? People. It's been so long, an absence that has ached. And so return, refill the chasm, restore the roar, resharpen the edge, let it be as it was before. Come in your colonies, come in your tribes, come in your flocks, your nests, your hives, bees and hornets, magpies and eagles, canaries and seagulls, gunners and hammers, foxes and wolves. Do you remember? Be with those you love and those from far away, the matchday life companion and those whose distant bay you cannot bear but would not be without. Freed from our confinement, let us revel in who we are. Bring on our champions, cherish our every star, let us aspire. And let us fear, let us smile, let us shed a tear, let us feel alive. Match day together. As it was before. The people are back.
3: tears in my eyes actually Dave with that because it was was really nicely done Um, one particular part that jumped out was the twinkly piano bit at the end which made it sound like a sort of Christmas time horror film yeah it was really
1: Christmassy
3: (laughs) yeah Dave nicely put together but what would you say was the most dreary bit of that
2: let it be as it was before
3: (laughs) it's so dreary So true. It's like someone pretending to be from from sort of Charles Dickens' time, just talking in that <laughs> way, or was it yeah. Pride and Prejudice? That's Days, how they must have spoken. Uh, it's so
1: Christmas Day. <laughs> he the, the the bit that really grabbed me the alliteration because obviously he loves alliteration, and I think there was alliterative tricolon where he grouped three together, and there was something about restoring, repairing, and there was one other rr as well. It sounded like to me. I also one thing I really liked that was quite jarring was in obviously listeners can't see this but you know it's mainly really heartwarming clips of family members and things like that but they also have Adebayor running the length of the pitch to go the Arsenal fans so I thought it was quite a funny um inclusion of kind of yeah we, we've missed fans being <laughs> baited and goaded and storming the pitch
2: it's yeah. one of those great things that you know, it's, a, it's a real hidden gem that we're obviously bringing to the listeners attention now but the Premier League world feed Obviously, he goes out to countless millions of people around the globe. But I feel sorry for the for the good old English football fan who hasn't get to experience that I drury on a weekly the- basis. <laughs> we should
3: get the orchestra backed kind of vague sentiment that the rest of the world gets. I, mm. Yeah, I feel like it should be made free in the UK or something. Um, apart from obviously the live games, I don't know. Um, my standout drury moment from that was just before. It really got into gear when he says, "An absent, that has ached. <laughs> um, I feel like what was missing from these montages, Dave, was the more kind of mundane slash unpleasant thing uh, in football. Mm. I mean, I feel like Drew, should be talking about a player going over to the corner and having levels of bile spat at him from the opposition fans. And just little things like that. That's part yeah. of
2: football too. The smell of the urinals. <laughs>
1: Not the long queues at half time for beers. <laughs> the, maybe that's why the Adebayor thing was in there to show the ugly side of mm. kind of you know yeah. fans and you know yeah, giving players as, not very nice abuse. That's about
3: as ugly as the Premier League want their product to be seen. Mm. But yeah, yeah. In all, well done, Peter. Great stuff. Um, moving on, we do love a little bit of footballing small talk on this podcast. Dave, this is from Popmasters on Radio 2 last week. Thanks to Robbie for sharing this with us. Um, Popmasters, the small talk on Popmasters is next level anyway um, with Ken Bruce. Um, but I, th- I feel like you probably know what's coming. So let's listen to it. Uh, and you're a,
0: big, you're a big Eurovision fan, I know.
2: I am, for my sins, I'm uh, a yeah. <laughs> <Hey. laughs> <Eurovision contest laughs> fan club, uh, so yeah, I've been doing that for, for about six years now, but uh, a fan of the contest for as, as long as I can remember.
1: Right, and you've been
2: to a few.
3: Just just bang on, Dave, <laughs> um, for his sins, and also letting letting us know just how long he's been a fan Brilliant. to the year.
2: Uh, is there anyone better in the world at small talk than Ken Bruce? Incredible, just comfortable in any situation. But that, but I think that 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 um, that instance of "for my sins" is actually more appropriate than the use than the football usage of it. <laughs> I think you being a, I think outing yourself as a Eurovision fan in some circles, yeah, yeah. I, a little bit. I may, maybe I'm being, I mean, a lot of people mm. love it. Fair enough, but for me, I think that's more appropriate than if you were a fan of Bradford City.
1: Yeah. It's not. It's, there's not like a humble brag element to that. No. It it is a genuinely sinful activity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, forgive me, Father,
3: for I have sinned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, agreed. Now, yeah, perhaps it is the most appropriate usage we've heard so far. On to uh, inappropriate slash appropriate outbursts. Um, Charlie, this felt almost too easy for me. This was Jamie Carragher laying into Arsenal after <laughs> Brentford's second goal on the opening night of the Premier League for this season. Um, I, I say it just feels too easy. It was. It was I think like Arsenal were just like a free hit nowadays so you can almost say what you want because the only people you're going to piss off well there's there's nobody left even Arsenal fans kind of agree but um, I'm not going to say it went too far I just thought it was a little bit too gleeful that's all I'm saying
1: (laughs) oh he knows what he's doing all right
3: you're playing Arsenal get it in the box
1: how you describe Arsenal defending here it's just Arsenal weak bullied men against boys again New season, same old story, don't win the first one, let it bounce. Two Brentford players get out
2: the way, 2-0. And you see, you said Pinoch's not taking the throw in because he's going in the box.
3: There's, there's basically nothing, there's nothing new to say about Arsenal anymore. It's almost frustrating that they don't give us anything sort of new to say about them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say on this, like that, the long throw, all of that sort of stuff, that is quite sort of stoke 2008. <laughs> I, I don't know for how much that's been. I mean, I know Arsenal have been soft, obviously, but mm. that what well, that mm. was a fairly extraordinary um, yeah. sort of situation.
2: It, it feels simultaneously lazy punditry, but also completely spot on.
3: Yes, yeah. You can only yeah. you can only pundit on what's put in front of you after yeah. all. But I really enjoyed weak, bully, weak.
1: It was dreary. The thing that I found the the main thing that I found. I was going to tweet this actually, and I I got distracted. But I love Martin Tyler as as we know. But the. I found the constant reference to the kind of extraordinary coincidence that this, they were Brentford playing Arsenal and that was, I can't even fully remember it because it was said so many times I stopped listening, that was the last fixture Brentford played in the top flight was also mm. against Arsenal. But he was saying it, it was like, as if it was totally random. It's like the fi- the fixed computer, How like what are the odds? But don't we sort of know that the fixed computer is not totally random? So it seemed to me <laughs> like kind of saying like a wrestling story was extraordinary. It's like, mm. but it has been preordained. Like it's not, and also, I don't know. It just it didn't feel that crazy a coincidence anyway. That, I'm I'm really
2: glad you've picked up on this because I I didn't see the game. I didn't see the game live, the Brentford game live. But I was just watching the uh, the Man City uh, Tottenham Man City game on Sunday, which I you obviously were at, Charlie. So I don't know if you've seen the coverage. But Tyler did the same sort of thing. He mentioned the fixture computer, but he he was talking about it in the context of the Harry Kane transfer saga, mm. and he sort of said. I mean, maybe the, the, the fixture computer had a, had a twinkle in its hard drive. And boy, do we have a clip
0: for you. <laughs> the uh, Harry Kane transfer saga was uh, well underway before the fixtures came out. I guess the uh, fixture computer must have had a twinkle in its hard drive to give us this so early. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like that. <laughs> I mean, just the
3: connotations of the words "hard drive" these days are never good. Yeah, <laughs> never.
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is true. Yeah, not really not thinking nice on topic. his feet there. But yeah. yeah, it was a kind of yeah, it was a kind of slightly mixed uh, metaphor, but it sort of worked.
2: What he's done there, he's actually doing what, what you you know, he's kind of the opposite of what you were saying about the Brentford game. He's he's implying that the Fixer computer is sentient.
1: True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, M- mm, yeah maybe maybe he reconsidered true. after. The Brentford
2: one. Maybe we should get to the bottom of the uh, of
3: the fixture computer. There must be one.
1: You know, do you remember that TV show? Uh, there was like that
2: kid's sort of like animated sort of, um, you know, like stop motion animation thing. There was like a big machine in a factory. Was it called like Bertha or something?
1: Oh, and yeah, I, yeah.
2: and I, I, That's what I imagine the fixture computer to be. Like a massive, like, a, you know, one of those old computers, it takes up a whole room and there's yeah. like bits of perforated paper coming out of it and stuff there's a yeah, man in loads of it.
1: lights that don't do anything yeah yeah yeah. yeah that's definitely. the fixed computer in,
2: in the bowels of Stockley Park yeah exactly in the bowels
1: <laughs> very good usage I imagine and this is another film that I have seen but is one of those that you feel like no one really has 2001 A Space Odyssey the Hal character who's mm. based on of IBM the letters mm. once removed I sort of imagine that's what the fixed computer is he's this talking being that exists amongst kind of I'm afraid I can't execs. give you a, an easy run in uh, at the yeah, end exactly. of the season Dave exactly
3: Speaking of uh, uh, fixture combinations, Dave, I thought I thought the first Super Sunday of the season was a nice tight little number. Actually, Newcastle West Ham, which turned out to be four two, which is what you want from a Newcastle West Ham, and then and then Spurs City as as the main event. That was a that was a really tidy little Super Sunday. I'd I'd
2: like that pretty much every week. Mm. Thanks yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No filler. Very lean, but delivered. Absolutely delivered. Because yeah, I think it's the right way round as well. You had a, an, mm. a, an entertaining goal fest in the, in the opening slot, and then uh, an enthralling tense. Tight tactical. Oh yeah, affair. you knew
3: going yeah, you knew it was mm. gonna be boring. You knew the second game was gonna be
2: boring, but that doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter because you're gonna watch it anyway.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But-
1: exactly. You need go- in a West Ham Newcastle game, you're so in need of um you know, goals to kind of make that interesting. Otherwise you're a bit like I'm watching nil nil between Newcastle and West Ham, what am I doing in my but, life?
3: But the thing is, Newcastle and West Ham is such a it's still a fairly attractive support act on paper, regardless of the scoreline mm-hmm. for a neutral, because Newcastle had this kind of latent appeal um, that just won't go away. And West Ham or West Ham, and they, they could do something at either end that could be quite hilarious. So, I, I just think it's, it was the Newcastle West Ham is the perfect support act.
1: Can days, you, th- Adam? This, uh, what am I thinking here? This is very very niche. Or Dave, you okay. may uh, jump in as well. In Ninety-eight uh, Newcastle West Ham. At St James's Park, it was a mm. game. West Ham one one 0 Stan Lazaridis scored the only goal, as I recall. Yeah. But it was significant for something. For my money, it was the first time that something had happened.
3: Newcastle West Ham trying to sign potential Premier
1: League oddities. That this might be
3: ninety eight. I'm stumped. I am stumped. It mm. may
1: have happened before, but it's the first time I'm ever conscious of a Premier League team flying to another Premier League team for an away game. Wow. I remember there being much hoopla about it and for my young mind being blown that you could even do that. (laughs) Did Arsenal Um, not
3: fly to Norwich in 1992-93
1: then? See, that was a later <laughs> thing. I think that didn't come till like 12, 13 and it was much, or maybe even fifteen, sixteen. it was much Like deriving, a biplane. It? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. like a really old
3: plane in 1992.
1: Also, so, did you, Did you? I meant to send this to you, Adam. Do you notice on, there was the first that man from Jamie Carragher of the season on Friday. I think it was Tony he was talking about, but it was one of the many outstanding Brentford players. I think oh. it was that man, Tony, track, you know, there he is again, that man tracking back.
3: Well, I mean, there's always a caveat. There's always a kind of get out for that. Man, which is someone we've been talking about and, and identified as a key man before the game. If you've yeah. done that enough, then they become kind of that man through the back door. If you see sure, what I mean. exactly, yeah. he
1: hadn't fully earned that man's status. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that I mean that can only really come five six games in, can't it? Because mm. the, or if it's based just on the season, just on it's existing alone. that man, yeah, yeah, definitely, completely agree. Um, One thing
2: I was disappointed with on Super Sunday was after our um, after we mentioned it last week with um, with Joel Golby on Thursday, they've not done a new song it's the same song mm. I the, naively assumed it was going to be
3: like Premier League kits where they just have a new one every mm. year how I mean surely that's where we're destined to get I mean you know the attention spans and all that sort of stuff
2: signed a two year deal with um, whatever <laughs> what's, her, what's her name and what is Celeste her
3: name? Celeste yeah I mean but as the I mean as the song implies it's going to be hard to shift anyway <laughs> you're never going <laughs> stop this flame is never going to let you go etc so it's going to be hard to budge but yeah no um, yeah, looking forward to next season already similarly on Linguistic Curiosities in Football, Black Math, writes in and says, Chris Boyd on Soccer Saturday described a strong challenge on Ralph Jimenez as welcome back to the Premier League. <laughs> Seeing as he's never left, is that permitted? In fact, I thought welcome to the Premier League was purely for foreign players on their first ever appearance. You're right, Black Math. You're right. Charlie, in summary, can you be welcomed back to the Premier League, context notwithstanding?
1: I think you can if uh, you've gone away. I, I think the distinction's right there. He an injury is an injury is borderline. Gareth Bale went to Real Madrid, came back. I think if there was an early reducer from an opposition fullback, that could be a welcome back to the Premier League. Well, as if he's, as if his kind of because he might um, have forgotten durability you, you know, worn off. Yeah, because he's been playing in the soft La Liga and then he yeah. comes back and it's like the you know, Lily this lizard. is Yeah, this is the real. The real quiz. <laughs> I never thought about this. Never thought. If
2: you, I never thought your um, inability to withstand Premier League challenges could grow back. Given the fact that the last thing he did in the Premier League was have his skull broken. Slide tackle me all you like. As long as you don't touch my head, you do yeah, what it, you it, want.
3: Yeah. No. No. Lots of lots of moving parts in that. Scenario there, but it gets worse, Charlie, because Joe Hooton has alerted me to the fact that he, on Five Live on Saturday, Premier League Hall of Famer Patrick Vieira got welcome to the Premier League. Is I mean, is that allowed mm. on the technicality?
1: No, no. He knows I don't, what this no. league's all about. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, but then it's probably too convoluted to say "Welcome to Premier League management."
3: Yeah, welcome to lark. being
1: a head coach in the Premier League.
3: <laughs> it's not a lark unless
1: you've won, is it? It can't be a lark if you have yeah. lost. Definitely. And also, this manager lark's not too. That's very <laughs> a very really isn't, it? lugs, yeah. isn't he,
2: <laughs> But it's also just being beaten three nil by one of the best teams. It's not like it's not like the Brentford situation where you've you've had something different to come up against, or you've been bullied, or it's a tough place to go. Stamford Bridge away on the first day, you've been beaten three nil. It's you know. It's fine. It's to be expected.
3: You could argue then that it perhaps it's a more up-to-date usage of Welcome to Premier League. Welcome to the financial disparity <laughs> yeah. of the Premier League. Look yeah. at the options Chelsea have at their disposal. And uh, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe it was more appropriate than uh, than other usages.
1: But Charlie... Although he would... did play for petrodollar fueled City, didn't he? Yeah, briefly. <laughs> he so did. he should be aware of the uh, financial inequalities. <laughs> there's a lot to if... unpack there.
3: Yeah, he should be under no illusions of the task ahead of him. Clip in. Ross says stunning work from Dundee United manager Tam Courts, who manages to fit easily half a dozen cliches into a single eleven second clip. This again is, is Drury esque. But yeah, but it
0: is, it's effortless stuff. Proud of the players, I asked them at the start to to find solutions. We knew that this was going to be a a ding-dong cup tie, I think I said that, midweek. It was a real carnival atmosphere and it was a game with a
2: lot of thrills and spills, highs and lows. (laughs) Very good, very good. I thought he was going to say that he he nearly went for a game of two halves at the end, didn't he, just to round (laughs) it off. But thrills and spills still work. Thrills
3: and spills. Um, I mean, yeah, Dave, let's pick this apart. I feel like a manager or a player, anybody who participates in a match is not allowed to call it "ding dong." And mm, yeah. also, now I think about it, "thrills and spills." That's not for you to call either. That's for someone really lazy writing about the game.
2: Yeah. You have to talk about.
3: <laughs> um, neither of those things should be uh, should be spoken. By someone who was at the game or participating in it.
2: Should we go back through that? Should we go back through that clip and count how many there are? Yeah, along with I'm it. I'm not sure there's six, but let's let's, let's silently count as he goes. Proud of the
3: players.
0: One. Asked him at the start to, to find solutions. Two. We knew that this was going to be a, a ding dong cup.
3: Three. time. I think I said
2: that. the
0: <laughs> week it was a real carnival atmosphere. Five. And it was a game with a lot of thrills and
3: spells, six. highs and lows. 7 Seven. I'm counting seven. I'm going five max. I, I mean, you were you were at three straight away. What proud of the players is a cliche, is it? Yeah. Definitely. He asked them to find solutions. You counted that one as well. Yes. What does it mean? Yes. What is he supposed to say? I asked them to find solutions. And they did. And maybe it was the, maybe it's the style and the delivery. They're not IT um, workers.
1: <laughs> to give an insight, as well into how kind of Hackneyed. Uh, one of them was carnival atmosphere. That was often said on Dream Team at the start of uh, a game. <laughs> it's a carnival atmosphere. Uh, and that sort of, you know, fictional football you're talking about in a way that I think a game of two halves would only really be said by a fictional football manager in a kind of really bad approximation of what a football manager is like.
3: All I ask is for one episode of Football Clichés where someone doesn't mention the holy footballing trinity of things I've never watched. Dream Team, Mike Bassett. Oh, and oh, and just wrestling, I think, actually is the other one. Um, but no, can't do it. Can't do it. Next up, alarming headline on the BBC News website, Dave. Hugh Edwards considering his future at BBC News at 10. Wow. Now, <laughs>
1: Weighing up his options.
3: Yeah, it's um, it, this there really is a huge kind of footballing element that, that cuts through <laughs> this entire article, but it goes in so many kind of footballing directions. First quote, A time comes when you're bound to reassess what's in front of you, he said. So... So this is kind of a bit like... It's a bit like Harry Kane kind of weighing weighing up his kind of future options. Like, where can he go?
2: But he's the top... You know, Hugh Edwards is the top man, isn't he? He's a very... You know, at the BBC, he's the traditional powerhouse of journalism in this country. It's not like he needs... He doesn't need to go and win trophies elsewhere, does he? Unless he's unless unless he's got a big money offer from GB News on the table. But he doesn't feel very GB News to me, no, Hugh I'm Edwards.
1: Not. Key question: How long he's got left on his contract? Yeah. Or check transfer marked But that's always
2: well. He signed huge, a new four-year deal, which
1: keeps him at BBC Broadcasting House yeah. until
3: does the maths. So yeah, just reiterates <laughs> so, how long his
1: contract is. In which case, BBC hold all the power there, and mm, you you yeah. do fear for Edwards if he if he really has any leverage.
3: Charlie, you will appreciate this next quote. Now a big milestone is here, which is. 60 years old, it's natural for a man to think am I going to continue in this job for another five years or do I want to do something different said the Carmarthenshire raised journalist
1: <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, is that second mention? Is yeah, that I think be... it might have been. Wow. I, think it might I mean, I thought that you'd save that for kind of third or fourth. I, I, I should point out the Welshman or something.
3: No, I, I should point out, this is a BBC Wales, um, okay, this was on right, a part right, of the BBC right, Wales right. programme, so, so the Welshman a bit wouldn't... of extra context. But okay. yeah, otherwise it would have been very <laughs> random. <laughs> wow, <Marvin laughs> straight Hill, in with that. Dave, I put it to you that um, he's not allowed to say the following words. It continues, but in the Welsh language interview, he said he was a natural broadcaster and would not be giving it all up. You can't call yourself a natural. Anything.
2: No, no. Of course
3: you can't. Absolutely not. Not for you to say.
2: We better keep our eyes on news at ten then this week, because if he's if he's mysteriously not not there, mm-hmm. he hasn't <laughs> travelled to Broadcasting House, and <laughs> Sophie Rayworth is in the chair tomorrow night. Tongues There'll will be, be wagging. Of, yeah, a lot <laughs> of
1: eye emojis on Twitter.
2: <laughs> Signing off after
3: a successful broadcast with a hoo hoo. <laughs>
1: And then people being like, disgrace that Hugh Edwards hasn't congratulated the BBC News team on a really impressive broadcast.
3: Absolutely. Here's the final quote, which... which Makes him sound like he's giving up um, national broadcasting to focus on on local broadcasting just to extend his career. He says, I won't disappear tomorrow from the 10 o'clock news, but I'm still enjoying myself. But of course, I'm thinking about the working patterns of the future. And the truth is, I don't want to sustain these working patterns for a long time to come because I don't believe it's a very wise
2: thing at all. So he's he's, he's resting his eyes, lips. Is this like maybe it's going to be like um, what they say about Messi going back to Newell's? Hugh Webb has always wanted to end his career in
1: shit. <laughs> that would be incredible, wouldn't it? If he yeah. went back to the local radio station, just absolutely
3: lauding it all over the other, just making it effortless. <laughs> just it. Uh, he should do it, make for it free, look so easy. <laughs> Great! Yeah, I'm so glad <laughs> I put this in at the last minute. This is fantastic chat. It really is. More retiring. It's quite music,
1: cathartic, stuff. I think, because yeah. having spent the last weeks doing gain stuff and kind of being in this world to actually take a step outside of it. Definitely. Yeah. Very
3: nice. You may recall both of you from a previous episode, a long, long time ago. We broke the story in a, in a sense of the most unhinged undertaking on football Twitter, which was um, the guy who was documenting every single player ever to have played in the Premier League in order.
2: So he's finished that. He did that. I followed. Actually, I followed that in real time as well. You know, I had yeah. set like notifications to my phone. I think because I wanted to see the Watford players first time round and I knew they were coming so I thought I'll I'll put the notifications on and I'll see it but I just never took them off so basically for the last year I've had every single Premier League player (laughs) pop up on my phone on a regular basis That's a nice thing to keep having come up on your phone (laughs) just random players
3: but of course he's finished that now and so Charlie he needed a new project this was his mission statement we'll be travelling back to 1992 to bring you every Premier League goal described in chronological order from Adebayor and Aguero to Zola and Zuniga. So I thought, I mean, this is this is incredible. It's something like 11,000 goals. What I didn't realise about this, Charlie, is that he he's going properly to town on this. There is actual descriptions of every single goal. I read out the first one, which of course was...
1: Brian Dean, yeah, I yes. saw that the other day.
3: Carl Bradshaw's long throw into the area is headed on by Clayton Blackmore, and at Dino O'Brien 1968 is the quickest to react, heading the ball past Peter Schmeichel to score the first ever Premier League goal. This is mammoth. He's how boring are some of these goals going to be? Like how think of the most unremarkable Premier League goal. He's going to have to produce
2: a, a paragraph on it for our amusement. I can't believe that the level of detail, like, is going to be required for every goal. Like the bar has really been set pretty high there early on. But how are, you finding that? how are you finding that much detail on every Premier League goal? Where are you getting it from?
3: It's in a Rothmans. I mean, I mean it's, you have to kind of look up the goal. Yeah, oh yeah I was going to say,
2: yeah. the Rothmans just has the results, right? It doesn't have a description. You have to go... Is he, is he like That's in the Br-
3: really
2: British Library, like going through all the newspaper archives or something? It's incredible. Another thing that really jumps out at me from looking at these first, the first batch of tweets. In the main, the goal score yeah. is you know, strikers or attacking players, usually. And we kind of heard of them all. They're all familiar names like Brian Dean, Lee Chapman's here, even like Nigel Pearson, Steve Ball defenders who are scoring. But because of the level of detail, he's got like these random, you know, he's talking about defenders or goalkeepers who are, who are beaten or like people who've assisted. He who just, I've just never, ever heard of. I mean, Gary McAllister's cross into the penalty area is not dealt with by Roger Joseph. Who the hell is Roger Joseph? And there's mm. just, just so many... Gavin Johnson is mentioned in a goal up here. Like all these, these just—it's absolutely amazing.
1: This is what I said the other day, and I was told that Spurs' new signing was called Brian Hill. I was like, that to me is a name that would pop up on Premier League. Is like a fullback for Oldham or something.
3: But definitely like, only in the first two years. Yeah, oh yeah, such yeah, a yeah. The first
1: yeah. two years. Yeah, it's, yeah it, it's Oldham it's, for me. It's just—it's very first two years of Oldham. We talk
3: about this kind of intermittently, but the proper glamour era of the Premier League really didn't kick in, Dave. It was sort of maybe sort of 95, Mm-hmm. When proper big signings and transfer coups were coming in. Before that, it was sort of hangover football league. I'm not. I, I don't want to say. Well, I will say journeyman and 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 kind of yeah mediocre players like. Um, Shearer's first Premier League goal was set up by Tony Dobson. Who's he? <laughs> yeah. Who's Tony Dobson? We track down Tony Dobson. <laughs> yeah. Just... Find out next week. He's he's going to be on Mesut Harlan Dix on Thursday. <laughs> At this rate. Nice and appropriate that we're talking about Premier League years right now because it's time once again for Premier League years playlist bingo. Um, Charlie, you weren't here for the astonishing scenes last week when we talked about the... Uh, Sensational Undertaking by Mr Wenger who's created a playlist of every single song ever played on Premier League years it's a frankly incredible piece of work so I'll let you go first for Premier League years playlist bingo this week choose a number between 1 and 1,375 587 please Adam 587 so I was well, putting you roughly around the turn of the millennium I think anyway it's On The Run by The Crescent Sounds like a Premier League anthem from mid two
2: thousands. It works, doesn't it? Yeah. What's it about? I've Never heard of the Crescent. Well, on on the run. Is that is like? And Liverpool went into November, looking to extend their unbeaten run to seven games.
3: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I was trying to think of a Premier League player who's ever been a fugitive.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but. Escaped or, capture. F- fleeing his. Uh, yeah. That that would be quite a dark, um, a dark hue to cast over mm. it. Oh, oh yeah, you can well imagine this. This I can see is one of those days where it goes from bad to worse in a kind of six-one defeat, and the goals are raining in. Middlesbrough players lining up to smash low ones into the corner at the Riverside. Yeah, we
3: should, actually now, I, now I think about it, we, we don't want to get too bogged down with the title of this song or the sentiment it's trying to convey. I think it's just the style of the music is so obviously extended highlights of a game from various camera
1: angles, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think this is. It might even be one of those games that Sky so happened to show as Super Sunday, so they have a disproportionate amount of footage, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it gets a lot of airtime as Middlesbrough got their season up and running against Blackburn. It's like poor man stereophonics, this, isn't it? Well, I think, when it, is it? Like 2001 or something? Is it that sort of era? I don't know who the Crescent are at all. Never heard of them. But yeah,
3: this is definitely a 3-0 win for Aston Villa. Tidding their very impressive form under uh,
1: John Gregory. It's just
2: work. It Just I can just picture it. it just absolutely Sliding tackles. Fits. Yeah. Yeah. Random close-up of a playgate 2002,
1: apparently. You can just picture the ball, you can picture everything. Ma- that is amazingly evocative. Yeah.
2: What we need to do is get in touch with the person who made this um, playlist because surely they will have a document that says... I'd like to think they have a spreadsheet with all the incidents yeah. ne- listed next to the songs.
3: Um, I will ask, imagine, how much would you pay for that information? How much would you pay? I'd, I'd pay three <laughs> figures. For that data,
2: yeah, I think. Well, I think if and if we can, if we combine our our combined wealth, the three of us here, I think we could make it an attractive <laughs> 33 offer. Thirty-three could <quid> each Yeah, <laughs> pretty unexpensive, it's fine.
1: The thing is, though, that is slightly jarring is that in Premier League is it doesn't the year of the song doesn't always correspond exactly to the year, no, which I've got a, co- a should, continual
3: frustration for us. I
1: feel yeah, it's not. Qu- yeah, it's not quite that uh, strict, which maybe is a good thing because you want the perfect song, but it's not. It doesn't quite capture that moment in time.
3: Well, on that note. We are going to be on the run and we'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll be back on Thursday uh, with the next episode of Football Clichés. Cheers to you, Dave. Thank you. And cheers to you, Charlie. Thank you, Adam. See you, everyone.
0: I'm Ellis James. I'm Mike Bubbins, And I'm Steph Guerrero. I would kill off with any footballer to get a Premier League game, would you? Not a problem. (laughs) Ian Dowie.
3: We've got a comedy podcast called the Socially Distant Sports Bar.
0: It's
3: (laughs) Liverpool versus Arsenal here at Anfield. It's the big kick-off. New player Mike Bubbins, who got off with Ian Dowie in the week. Jurgen Klopp, of course, said that he's perfectly happy to play... Bubbins in a front three
0: alongside uh, Salah
2: Firmino.
1: Bubbins,
0: 48 years of age, has never played football, but he's snogged Ian Dowie
3: for two and a half to three minutes as stipulated according to Premier League guidelines. Dowie said he's got no idea how good Bubbins is. Word on the street is that he's not great. He's morbidly obese.
0: It's about sport. But not really.
2: He's not fit and he doesn't know where to stand as his first touch is woeful. And I mean woeful. But he got off with Ian Daryl. Those are the rules, so... Uh, it's, a, it's, a new, it's a new guy that I don't agree with. It. Gary don't agree with it.
0: None of the explanations. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. I'm going to... Do- <laughs> Download it from wherever you get your podcasts. The Athletic.